Um, so anyway, Chris and I this morning, we're going to continue on and we're going to be team teaching uh, today and next Sunday. And I'm super excited about this. When we were preparing and working on stuff, I'm like, hey, Chris, have you ever done this before? And as you see that, that face that he has, he's kind of like, uh, no, never done this before. I'm like, well, after Sunday, you won't be able to say that. So it's good. Can you hold the mic for just a second? Before? Okay. This is Sandra, Sandra uh, Broyles, one of me. Love you. Hey, we're glad that you're following with us on Facebook. Um, we've got some audience participation here this morning. But as we are looking, what I want to encourage you with this morning, I want you to think about, as you turn to Joshua chapter 1 and Numbers chapter 13, I want to just mention today, as Chris and I are be going, we're going through things, um, I want us to be remembering, I want us to be thinking about as we continue along with our Faith and Remembering series, remember this morning that faith, faith in God gives us a choice. Now this morning we're going to keep it really simple and Chris is going to launch in and he's going to start on things. And so one of the things that we want you to think about this morning um, in just a very simple format is as we're looking at the scripture and as we're thinking about these things is that we have the choice of participating in go, go time, you know, you hear it's like, it's go time, it's time to move, it's time to move forward, or N-O, no time. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to participate with what God is asking me to do. So this morning, as we open up the scripture, let's just keep those thoughts in mind. Chris, take it away. All right. Well, yo, hey, in your copy of God's Word, why don't you go ahead and turn to Numbers 13, and we'll get there in a little bit. But as you guys are finding your way to Numbers, that's exactly where we're going to be. And so I want to kind of put on our minds a little bit of things that we walked through a little bit last week. And so uh, if you remember, we were doing, we were in Joshua 1, and then also 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we saw God's call to Joshua as he was leading the people into the promised land. God kept telling Joshua, hey, you need to be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And then, do you remember the contrast when we were in 2 Timothy? What was the difference there between the words? What was Paul's encouragement to Timothy to be strong as well? Or was there a difference there? He goes, be strengthened. That's right. And so the, the difference there is that, hey, Timothy, you need to posture yourself in a way in which you can be strengthened. And we talked about that a little bit last week. And we, we talked about how, you know, we, we can be strengthened when we spend time with God, when we get into his word, when we learn how to pray, when we begin to see God prompt us to do things and to step out in faith, and we do it, and, and we begin to be strengthened in our faith. But then we also saw that when you invest in other people, that also helps to strengthen your faith. And so... Um, you know, now we're going to go kind of back to the Israel, and we're going to kind of pick on the Israelites a little bit. And as Tim and I have been kind of talking about this this week, you know, we love to pick on the Israelites and say, man, when are they just going to get their act together, right? But we're just realizing that that's just us, yep. that, that we're the Israelites. And as much as we're frustrated with them, that's exactly how we are in our journey with God and when God is calling us. And so that's kind of where we're going to be. So we're going to be kind of contrasting, man, go time. So I'm going to be talking about go time. And um, so we're going to go back kind of before Joshua happened. This is in Numbers. And so this is before time, the time of uh, in Joshua when they were ready to go into the land. This was when God had brought 
uh, the Israelites right to the edge of the land, and they were about to possess it. And so God laid before them, hey, I want you to, to go. Go and take this land, and all you got to do is, is go and obey me, step out in faith, and, and see uh, what I'm going to do. And so now the choice between Israel is, are we going to go and obey, or no? And so that's kind of what we're going to be kind of going through and, and talking through. So... Um, Let's go ahead and we'll read a little bit and then we'll walk through some of these things. I'll share a little bit and then Tim will, will share. So I want us to read, we're going to read uh, Numbers 13. We're going to read verses 1 and 2 and then we're going to skip down a little bit. Um, but verses 1 and 2, they say this. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man everyone a chief among them. All right, so I want to stop real quick. And so God told Moses to, to do what? He said, hey, I, I want you to send spies into the land and go check out the land, and I need you to, to choose one, one man, one warrior, one chief, one, one man that's not going to, to cower. You know, I want you to, to, to choose a man that's going to represent you as your uh, tribe, and you're going to go, and you're going to be the representation of your tribe in that land and go spy it out and be the voice of the people. And so God is telling them, hey, I want you to go and see and, and, and just kind of see what God's about to bring us into. Then let's jump down to verse 17 through 20. Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up into the Negeb and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was in the season of the first ripe grapes. All right, so again, so Moses is like, hey, go, like, God's sending us to go and to see what this is about. So this is like a preview. This is like, like God's like, hey, I want you to experience this land. And what, was, what did God say in verse 1 or 2? He said, this is the land that I am going to give to you. Right? So it's not like, hey, look, look at the possibility here. This is, hey, go, look, enjoy your land. Step out and go, experience it, take note. I want you to see, hey, look, listen, you're not going to have to be a people that have to go set up tents and have to worry because you have no protection anymore. I want you to go see these cities that have fortified walls. You're going to have a place for you to develop yourselves. You're going to have protection. I want you to go experience the fruit of this land. I want you to see that there is good fields out there. I want you to just be in all of these things that I am going to give to you. And so the spies go. And so let's jump down to verse 25 through 33 here. And let's see what they, what they say. Verse 25, And at the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation. And they showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them, We came to the land to which you sent to us. And it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified, and they're very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. 
The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. Verse 30. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And he said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against these people, for they are strong. They are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land and they, that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone out to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And we saw there the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we, we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and we seemed as we seemed so to them. All right? So what, what went on there? They went. They got to taste the land. They got to see it. They got to be like, man, this land is amazing. And was that it? This land is amazing. But, right? This land's amazing. Man, this would be great. This would be an amazing place for us to, to call our, our own. This would be an amazing spot. I can see why, like, God led us here. But, man, those people are tall. But, man, those warriors are strong. But, man, there's a lot of them. And they just kept naming all these, these barriers, right? And so, you know, praise be to God that Caleb speaks up. And if you continue to read on later in 14, Joshua also speaks up. He said, but, but man, let's just go. We, we can go. We, we can occupy this land. God has brought us here. God has, has done so many things in the past. Man, remember what he did to get us out of, out of Egypt. Remember the miracles. Remember how he worked on our behalf. And, and so, man, let's go. Let's take possession of this land. And so what I, what I want us to be able to see, and what I'm just going to share, and then Tim will continue to go on, is I want us to be able to understand that the growth and development of your faith is directly connected to your obedience to God. The growth and the development of your faith, talking about your trust and your relationship with God, is directly connected to your obedience to God. And so, to say it another way, if you want to increase your faith, we need to increase our obedience. And, and if you want to kind of stay where you're at in your, face, in your faith, then just kind of stay where you're at in, in your obedience. If you want to decrease your faith, then man, just stop listening to God altogether. And so what I want us to learn from this is, man, you know, sometimes we just get stuck in this, like, rut in life. We get stuck in this, like, spiritual rut, and we just feel like, man, I want to do, like, all these things for God. I, 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 I see, and, and I want to step up, and I want to grow. I want to increase my faith, but I just feel like I'm stuck. And so what I want us to begin to, to see is that, hey, I want us to see that, man, there is a correlation between our stuckness sometimes— Sometimes our stuckness is directly correlated to the fact of how much we're obeying God. And so what I want to challenge us to is, man, in my life, in your life as an individual, man, I want to challenge you, man, what are the ways that God is calling you to go? What, what, are, what are the areas that God is calling you to obedience? And let, let's begin to step out in those things. But then even further along with this, man, what is this, what is this like promised land to say? Let's use this as an analogy. What's this promised land that God is calling us to as a church family? Yeah, 
And we're here at the edge of this river, and God is saying, hey, I want you to step out as a, as a church family, and I want you to go and to take possession of this land, and, and God's going to do some great and mighty things. And so we're here. Are we going to obey? Is this go time? Or is this no time? I mean, I think it's go time. But, but I don't know. Maybe. So I don't know. You want to share a little bit? So you get what he's talking about? You understand what he's saying? Is that in our lives, we need to understand that God is constantly trying to get us to go. He's trying to get us to go further than where we think we should be able to go. And he's trying to get us to go way beyond the measurement of our own ability. Chris has already brought things out and already showed us that there's a direct correlation between the going that was taking place and God had already said, I want you to go because I'm going to hand you this. Hand you this. And just like what Chris said, it's real easy. When he and I are talking this week, you look at the children of Israel, you're like, stubborn bunch of knotheads. Yeah. And then you walk by a mirror and you go, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's me yeah. too. So let's think about that. Chris, great job, man. I love that. Awesome. I like that. So, Chris helping us remember that God wants us to be moving forward in our life of faith. God wants every single one of us to be going forward. We're supposed to be living in go time. And it looks different. It looks different at different points in our lives. Sometimes go time is you are going forward in your faith, but you don't feel like that you're making any progress. So go time looks different, but God wants us to be going forward. As Chris stated last week in his lesson, I love this. I wrote this down. I love when the Spirit of God's working because I was talking to Chris about, man, I'm like, I showed him. I wrote that down last week. I'm like, dude, that was powerful. And he goes, I don't even remember saying that. You've ever been in those conversations where you're talking to somebody and the Holy Spirit is just kind of flowing through you and later on somebody goes like, dude, that was powerful. And you're like, what are you talking about? That was good. Let me remind you what barriers will be demolished when we move forward by faith. Some of you, you are wanting barriers to be broken down in your life, but you want the barrier to be broken down in advance before you go, before you step out. God doesn't work that way. God responds to our going. We need to learn to trust him and his timing and go. It should be go time for both, of us, for both of us individually, for us individually, and as a church. The problem is that most of us, our natural response to God is no instead of go. Instead of go time, most of us create this no time experience in our lives. We say no to God and the great things that he wants to accomplish in us and through us. I got a couple of questions for you this morning real quick. Why do we say no to God? I'm not the only one. I don't think we're the only ones here this morning. And this is very personal to me, what I'm about to share and talk to you about. But why is it that we struggle with so deeply with saying no to God? Why do we follow God in certain ways, but not all the way? Why is it that we will release certain things to God, but then why do we go? And then all of a sudden we say no. 
So we trust him with these big things. Somehow we realize that these are out of our control. So we go forward with God in those things. But then we've got these other areas where God starts working and we're like, no, 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 that's okay. I got those. There are obvious things that we see in the record of the 12 spies. Can you relate to this? These are obvious things, and they're talked about regularly. They appeared to be scared, overwhelmed, and intimidated by the people and the task at hand. Now, we're going through a time where these types of attributes have been flushed out, where it's, it's not uncommon for us in our society, to be scared, overwhelmed, or intimidated by what's going on. But I want us to consider two options of why the children of Israel chose no instead of go this morning, just really quickly. Number one, and Chris and I were talking this week when we were talking through this, and he used a word, we were working together doing something, and he threw out a word that I had not considered, and it just resonated with me. You know how God uses other people in your life? And you have these things going on. And he threw out this word, and I knew. I was just like, wow, I'm going to meditate on that. So number one, I want you to think about this. An option for why the children of Israel chose no instead of go. Number one was an entitlement mentality. An entitlement mentality. Think of it this way. They felt like God had promised them something big, and God had already made it plain because God had already done big things. And it had been said for hundreds of years, I'm going to give you this promised land. Is that my phone? Can you turn that off? Tell them I'm busy. (laughs) That's a no time experience right there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If it's him, say I'm going. Yeah. (laughs) If that's God, I'm going with him. Okay. I want you to think about this. God had already done some amazing things. God had been telling them this was not a new promise. This was not something that got sprung on the children of Israel. And you think about when you go back, the reason we started in Joshua is because as we're looking at Joshua chapter 1, we don't want you to take things for granted. We want you to go back and realize that here's Joshua and Caleb doing something different because of what they'd experienced and what they had seen done. If you look at the story, you notice Joshua sent out two spies. Anyway, that's just a little thought. You can meditate on that. But anyway, God had already done some amazing things, and God had already promised them. But think about this. How many of us, and I hear this regularly from people struggling in their walk of faith, this entitlement mentality, like God has promised to do these great things, well, then he should just take care of it for me and make it easy. It would. I I agree. But that's not how life works. An entitlement mentality seems to expect great things as a gift, but the entitlement mentality does not want responsibility, does not want the responsibility that comes along with the blessing. Hmm. Kind of sounds like some certain things in our society right now. You get what I'm saying? But the things that we're struggling with in our society are nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. There's no new struggles like this. Consider the constant complaining that is recorded in the Scripture about the children of Israel being in the wilderness. Constant complaining. Constantly complaining. 
whining, griping, complaining about this new adventure of freedom and a future. These people were being released from bondage, being released from captivity, being released from being like abused as a slave culture. God had done miraculous things and brought them out of bondage and slavery and took them on this amazing adventure and was doing some amazing things. And what did they do? like the kind of food you're giving us and we don't like the kind of provisions <laughs> bunch of grown stinking men and women whining and complaining and the worst part God knows what an amazing man Moses and those guys were because there were a couple million of these cry, crying whiny babies do you get what I'm saying this entitlement mentality in their minds they knew what to expect and just think about this. Think about this when I'm talking about the whining, and grappling, and complaining. This group of people expressed that it would be easier. They said it. It would be easier to die or to go back into bondage than do what God was asking them to do. You want to know why we can relate to an entitlement mentality? Because I believe that in their minds, they knew what to expect in slavery and bondage and they didn't have to exert faith in their daily life. Number two, just throwing out some different reasons for why they said no. I want to con you to consider this, the burden of obedience. The burden of obedience. Responding to God can either be viewed as a blessing or a burden. And here's the sensitivity I have to a lot of you that are watching, a lot of you that are here, because you can relate to me, because a lot of you, and as we've talked and as we've conversed, you come from a background that is similar to mine, and I'm just going to tell you, this is very personal to me, because this has been an ongoing enlightenment and freedom by the Spirit of God in my walk of faith. This has been part of my faith walk and my religious experience. I seemed to receive a lot of law and deeds when I was younger, but not much grace, mercy, and love about God. For me, it was more about what I did or cleaning myself up in this Baptist church and all these Bible verses, and it took me a long time to realize that it, it is all about what He did first and continues to do for me. Think of it this way. Human religion that focuses on earning and good works, listen to this, makes obedience the means to God. Now what Chris was talking about earlier, about obedience and go being intertwined, absolutely, there is no mistake in that. But there's a difference in how you get there. Pure religion, as the Bible talks about it, focuses on grace and love, and then that makes obedience a response to what God has already done on our behalf. Do you get the comparison? And so I believe that a lot of us, and this is the way I was when I was growing up, I looked at obedience as a burden. And I hear a lot of people that come from church backgrounds that when they talk, they communicate with me without using this phrase, but they communicate with me that obedience is this burden like, and it's amazing, I've been around a lot of people that are taking steps of obedience in the church, 
Across denominational lines, you can hang different denominations on it, but I've been around a lot of people that are taking steps of obedience and they're whining and complaining and griping and miserable while they're going. Now, for a younger generation, that is one attractive brand of Christianity. Follow me as I follow Christ because it'll be good for you. Okay, I'll get back to you on that. You get what I'm saying? And so here's the thing that we have to just keep in mind. One mindset creates a burden where the other creates joy and expectation. See, it took me a long time to understand because what I got out of the law and all the rules and regulation was that my obedience to God was how I was able to connect with God when that is never going to take place. Because then what happens is I wind up feeling good about my obedience. And then if you're not obeying, you're weak. And I'm so much better. Because then my obedience makes it about me and my works and what I'm doing. When, like what Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, when we stand before God, there is nothing to brag about because none of my good works, none of my obedience is going to merit anything before God. That's why the scariest verses in the Bible are when people stand before God in the final times and they say, look at all these amazing things that we've done in your name. And he goes, I don't have a clue who you are. Because it's only through the righteousness that we have in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. And when you have that order in place, when you understand forgiveness and grace and mercy, obedience turns into something that you want to do, not something that you have to do. When I was younger in marriage, I can say this. Oh, my word, it's being recorded. I forgot. My wife's over teaching children's church. But anyway, I've already launched in there. But when I was younger in my marriage, Jacqueline, be quiet. Um, I mean, don't tell her this afternoon is what I meant. Um, when I was younger in my marriage, you know, you read things and people talk to you and it's like, I'm going to be a good husband because I need to be a good husband. So I would try to make choices like this whole obedience thing, like I'm going to do this. And so I'm going to be nice to her even though I'm ticked at her right now. And so you see my face, like I'm going to be obedient. So I'm doing nice things with this kind of attitude. Yeah. How do you think she received that? No better than any of you women looking at me right now going, you're an idiot. (laughs) Sue's sitting over there going like, you young and dumb, I get it, okay? Now, listen, her love toward me, there was a point in our relationship where her unconditional love and the fact that she's put up with me, her love toward me changed my mindset and my perspective because her investment, her partnership, her friendship with me helped me, my motivation, I now wanted to do things on her behalf because of what I was experiencing with her. Do you get the difference? Big difference in motivation. With this, I want to close. i got a slide up here. I want you to see it. Faith as Paul saw it was a living, flaming thing leading to surrender and obedience to the commandments of Christ. That's A.W. Tozer, the man that walked with God. Let me read Deuteronomy chapter 5, 32 and 33. And Deuteronomy chapter 5 is a Ten Commandments record, if you read that. And what does it say at the end of the chapter? 
You shall be careful, therefore, to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or the left. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, and that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land that you shall possess. I didn't give you these commandments to be a burden and to lock you down and make you miserable. I'm giving you these commandments because you need direction, because you need protection, because you need understanding against yourself. And if you will experience these things and be obedient to these things, you're going to live with this zest and this gusto and this freedom to where that it's going to extend your life and you're going to have an awesome experience. Edwin Lewis Cole says, and I want you to think about this as we close, a ton of prayer will never produce what's an, what an ounce of obedience will. <laughs> if this has been something that hasn't resonated true in my life and in our lives of ministry, please pray for me. I just, I would just like, you know, everybody pray for me. But yet, an unwillingness to just take a step of obedience for what God has already revealed to you. But it's like, why are we, why are we still struggling with saying no to God? As Chris laid out, all these amazing things, he wants us to be wide open and full of His Spirit. He wants us to have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith. He wants to fortify us. He wants us to be strong and of good courage. He wants us to be strengthened in Him. He's got all these amazing things that He wants for us, and yet what do we continually do to these great things? God has said to us through Peter, Peter the guy that was hard-headed, he says in 2 Peter chapter 1, we can experience the righteous, divine mindset of God in this carnal life right now. And yet, what do we say? No, 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 no. And then when we make stupid decisions, who is the first person we blame? It's not the person in the mirror. Why did God do this to me? I can't believe God did this to me. Man, my pastoral counseling sometimes is this. Pastor Tim, why is this happening to me? I don't know. Maybe because you did something dumb? I don't know, I'm just saying, maybe. We have a choice. Either we can make it go time with God. It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, flawless. We're not going to make mistakes. Most of my go time with God looks like this. Hold this, Chris. Okay. <laughs> Fell on my face again. But what do you do? You get back up and you go again. And if you keep falling on your face, you get back up and you go again. You keep falling on your face, you get back up and you go again. That's a whole lot better position to be in than being like this. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. But I want great faith. 
Let's keep in mind, let's remind one another that faith in God gives us a choice. We can choose to make our lives about go time and move forward, or we can choose to make our lives about no time and stay put with our excuses and complaining. The choice is ours. Older heart, younger heart, mm. but the same heart. Mm. Yeah. Trying to pursue Christ, be one in Him. Yeah. We're trying to learn how to live, saying, God, let's go. Let's do whatever you want to do. So let's do that as brothers and sisters, and let's do that as a church. Mm. He's here. He and his wife, Marissa, are here. Mm. They moved down here in the middle of a pandemic. We are modeling that as a church family, we believe it's go time. The gospel has go is the first two letters in the good news. And we're going to continue to stand and proclaim the good news and reach people with the gospel. And so we're asking you to learn with us. Let's address Mm -hmm. our natural ability to say no, and let's learn to go with God. All right, let's stand and sing praises through his name.